there. And so generational clearing is something that's really cool because it's in nature and in science, they have identified seven generations back of patterns and things that are passed down as people in the energy space generally feel. Uh, it goes much further back than that in your subconscious. However, it's cool that science is trying to catch up. And the flight of the butterfly is the most common example because a butterfly's travel, its journey lasts three generations. So there is not a single butterfly that has made it from point A to point B. And it's like, how then can they continue if not through generational pass down? Welcome, girls, to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we are making you live your fullest and fun life. My name is Joanna Vargas, and every week I will pour into you with my stories, tools, and fun radical candor. I believe that when you ask better questions, up-level your habits, and get freaking real, you will have a happier life. If you're looking for more fun, more magic, and more joy, you're my girl. This one's for you. Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Yay, we are here live. We are live. Welcome to the Get Up Girl podcast. I am your host, your gal, Joanna Vargas. And today we are on all the places. If you're listening on your favorite podcast app, you could always go over and just watch this video as well on my YouTube channel or gosh, all the places like Twitch, but and at Facebook. I have Samantha Bell today. Y'all are in for something cool because Samantha and I met at Lindsay Schwartz. Shout out to Lindsay's Powerhouse Women's Event in Arizona in, gosh, August of 2022 of this year, if you're listening in real time. And we sat next to each other. And then so I'm like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And we have made it happen. Samantha, welcome to the Get Up Girl. Yay. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really excited like to jump in because, and I want to get this correct, you are a, an intuitive performance coach for creatives and for entrepreneurs. So tell us all what that is and then how the heck did you get started with that? Yeah, absolutely. So oh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. And yes, so I'm a performance coach, an intuitive performance coach, meaning that I both use my intuition and I tap into your intuition for creatives and entrepreneurs. I am a performer myself in the creative space. So I act and I sing and I work behind the scenes in film and television commercials, all of that. And so that's where my creatives really come in. And I started working with them first as one and realized that the imposter syndrome, right, is big, the fear of failure, fear of success, all of that. And then I really got into the entrepreneurial space, the online marketing space, and realized that it was all the same kind of thing and just in a different for a different reason. And so I really, it just kind of happened that both areas were, were started to be my people. And um, so I got started in this by going through my own little come to Jesus healing moment. Um, in 2017, I left a long-term relationship that was in Japan. It was two suitcases and $2,000 and moved across the world 
Um, I'm from North Carolina, but I moved across the country to Arizona and restarted my life and had a lot of healing to do. And I have a degree in music therapy. So processing through talking has always been my thing. So talk therapy hasn't really been super effective for me because I just do that normally. And so I was always kind of interested in alternative therapies and because therapy is great, y'all. And so I, for myself, started to become exposed to like hypnotherapy and energy work. And that I had a hypnotherapy session that in one session was years of what I had been trying to figure out with a talk therapist. And I was like, holy crap, that's it. I'm hooked. And so I went through and I got the opportunity to be certified myself. So I am a certified hypnotherapist, NLP practitioner, tapping technician, and time technician. So I do generational work and clearing. And so that all was happening while I was still performing. And, I, and I've been a coach for actors and models since 2017 as well. As far as that kind of happened, people just started asking me and I started leading classes. And so then as I'm healing, I'm starting to bring it in and go, wait, you know, like, but what about this part and this part? And so then I shifted from the skill set to the mindset. And that's really where I've sat because I find that that, of course, runs everything. Absolutely. Samantha, what is a time technician? I am intrigued. Yeah, time. It's, it's capital T-I-M-E. And so it's an, an acronym, but it is the generational claim. So we work on, I work on your timeline. And mm-hmm. so it's both your timeline and others, you know, generationally, because there's, and the other part that I love about what I do is that I understand that some people can just feel into something like I do. And if they feel it's right, they just, they're ready and they're going and they're like, oh, it makes sense. And then some people need to know the science behind it. So I really pride myself in knowing a lot of the science behind why these things not only happen, but how they happen and, and the proof there. And so generational clearing is something that's really cool because it's in nature and in science, they have identified seven generations back of patterns and things that are passed down as people in the energy space generally feel uh, it goes much further back than that in your subconscious however it's cool that science is trying to catch up and uh, the flight of the butterfly is the most common example because a butterfly's travel its journey lasts three generations so there is not a single butterfly that has made it from point a to point b and it's like how then can they continue if not through generational pass down Wow. Because I work with, you know, a few healers of myself and work on past family things. It is so incredibly helpful and really genitor, genitor, I can't say the word. Generational. Uh, no, ge- um, generative. That's the word oh, I'm looking for. <laughs> that, and that too, though, Samantha, but such a contribution when, gosh, kind of like constellation work. Have you done anything mm-hmm. of that nature? I have started to, I have some astrologers and, and people that I talk to. I, I am not versed in that, but I do find it very fascinating. Yes, that has been very helpful for me to then see where I can make choices in my life right now from, from constellation work as well. Gosh, and you're a hypnotherapist? I okay, know. let's talk a little bit more about this. I've done many 
many hypnotherapy sessions. Oh, such a contribution. And what has been the biggest thing that has helped you by becoming a hypnotherapist? Oh my gosh. I, I have healed and time. So timeline and is my favorite and it's, it's a, it's a form of hypnosis. Um, it's interactive. So it's, uh, doesn't have to be as deep as, as a hypnosis session can go. Um, with hypnosis though, uh, it really, I feel like exposed to me for my very first one, the possibility. I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. So hypnosis for me has been the door to all of my um, energetic healing, because that's the first modality that I was exposed to that really had an impact on me. And I started with loosening up, um, people pleasing with loosening up. Uh, I did a lot of loosening with the, with the hypnotherapy, um, before timeline really kind of coming back around to, to clear, I use time a lot to clear. And so with hypnosis for me, oh my gosh, the biggest thing I cleared and or loosened, depending on what we're talking about. I had this thing with dogs, uh, like a, a fear. And I had, Amanda, um, I have the same thing. It has cleared significantly, not 100%, but yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm curious. Keep going. <laughs> well, yeah. So the people pleasing and it, but, but the biggest thing for me is that it opened the door and really exposed me to the possibility and the power that I had that then unleashed everything else. Yes. Yes, it's just like the Wizard of Oz. And at the end, when she says, you have always known or you can always go back home, whatever that that line is. Yes, I know. I know what it is for Joanna. I can choose. There is nothing greater than I. Like I am. Yes. And then once I started getting that, I don't have it yet, but I'm getting it. Wow. Because for how many years did I believe it was outside of me? I was small. I'm pathetic and everything's greater than I am. And then until I started to get that, Joanna, you know, you know stuff. And wow, what a shift. So grateful for that. Samantha, somebody listening that's going, cool, okay, I'm interested. What is one thing that they can start with or they're intrigued? Like, what would you tell them? Absolutely. Um, One of my... So I'm a speaker and a guest healer for things. And, and a topic that comes up a lot that I speak on is, is our ego. I have a very, I've been told a very different view than others. And for me, your ego is not something that is bad. Your fear is not a liar. Your fear is actually telling you your absolute truth in the moment. And so because what's happening is the programs that are running that you have established within your brain and body those are going to run no matter what and all that's happening is when there's fear when there's imposter syndrome when there's all of these things that we are perceiving as negative it is going against an internal belief that we have within one of those programs and so the first thing that i really encourage people to do is to actually start to listen to yourself not as truth Mm -hmm. but as a recording of the current truth that is within you that can be shifted. So for instance, listening to the actual words that are being said or feelings or however it's presenting to you. So for instance, like what you said, I am small, I'm pathetic. Like the words that are being used, journal, write them down. And because nothing has meaning until we assign it meaning. And so what happens is as these programs are 
constructed through living and experiencing life, meaning is then assigned to things. And what we can do is that these programs play out without us knowing, and it's just the daily life. And so the way that we can become aware of what those programs are is just to listen, because we will tell, your body will tell you, your ego will tell you, your fear will tell you exactly what's running. It's very clear. And so they won't like me. I'll lose my job. I, all of the things, there isn't one answer, fear equals this, because it's different for everybody. So once you figure out what your thing is, fear is not a liar. Fear is telling you exactly what it is that you have an insecurity about because you believe it to be true. Mm. Otherwise, it wouldn't resonate. And so once you can listen and say, oh, interesting. Oh, okay, got it. And observe what's happening and write it down. And you can do something about it. So let's say I observe the fear. I write it down. I could do something about it. What can then I did? What is the, I could do something about it. It's like, okay, then what's next? What's the next step? Yes. Oh, which, so words are powerful. They have meaning. Everything is energy. That's just a scientific fact. It's not really debatable, but feel free if you need to. So because everything is energy and our words have a frequency and are measurable, which is why when you're high vibe, high vibration, high frequency, it's like a literal scientific measurement. And so what will happen is our words that we use, why we're being observant and writing them down, are defining our reality, not just describing it. So words don't just describe, they define. And so once you realize the story that you have been telling yourself, because it is true in your, in your space right now, you can then through this written story, write a new one. And this isn't just about affirmations of lying to yourself because, you know, that will then kick in your, what's called your critical faculty, which is the part of your subconscious. That's kind of like the the troll bridge, right? He's not going to let anything by that. It does not resolve and feel good with the beliefs that you have. So if you just pound, it is true. If you pound an affirmation, you don't actually believe to be true into your head. Eventually you'll start to believe it. I don't feel like I I don't lead my um, little sparks into battling themselves like that hard. But yeah, anyway, so it's rewriting a story that could also be true. So for instance, Mm -hmm. um, procrastination. And I I had one that it was like, I suffer from procrastination for me personally. So I suffer from procrastination. Like I can never get my stuff done early. Like I always wait till the last minute. And what I made that to mean was that I suffer from procrastination. And then I ha- actually had someone bring up to me, they said, well, well, then why do you do it? And I said, well, because I haven't been punished. All my stuff I get good grades on, like everything ends up being fine when I put it out there. Like it's, I'm not punished for this procrastination. And they said, well, then why do you say you're suffering from it? Mm-hmm. And it was like realizing that I put this meaning that my procrastination was bad because somebody told me it was. And then I realized what I'm doing is I thrive under pressure. And so I was just creating pressure for myself so that I could thrive, which I did. And so once I realized that it wasn't a my procrastination wasn't a weakness, it was a strength. I then changed it from procrastination to efficiency. Mm-hmm. And I changed it from the word of procrastination being to put off to efficiency to do in a small amount of time. Yeah. That week that was it was supposed to take me to do this assignment. I then could create pride, not in a negative way, but pride in my ability to do it in a day. And so those kinds of shifts 
is where things start to change without anything having to change. Samantha, ding, ding, ding. Oh my gosh. I bring this up often because I like to do, I am great when I work quickly under the gun, so to speak. And maybe I don't want to use those words, but you get what I'm saying. And I was told for many, many years that what's wrong with you? Why don't you, why do you wait to the last minute? And then I made myself to be wrong and I bought the wrongness of me. And one day I got that like, wow, I actually have a superpower. I'm like, I can do it five minutes before where it takes somebody else eight hours. I could do it in five minutes and it's awesome. And I'm like, wow, I actually thrive. I do better. And Samantha, I have choice to do it early as well. And I do both. I check in. Hey, Joanna, would you like to do it early today? Or would you like to do it? Uh, And some things now I do early where before I would, it was like an F you energy. I'm going to wait to the last minute just to prove that I'm right. Like everything that you said earlier. And then now it's choice and it's not wrong to wait to the last minute. And I've had clients as well say, I suffer from procrastination. I'm like, cool. Does that work for you? Like choose and check in every time. It doesn't mean that I always wait to the last minute, Samantha. I, it's a choice. Wow. Everybody listening right now, I hope you truly got that if you are a last minute person and it's ease for you. Cause I also was made to feel like guilty that like, how did you just get an A or how did you whatever? And I've been working on it for two weeks. So then I felt bad, right? I should have taken longer as well. Wow. Okay. I would love to go back to the dog thing because that was another thing that I made myself wrong. You know, in this reality, dogs are amazing. Everybody love, most people love dogs. To be afraid of dogs is not the norm right? Like I got the, what's wrong with you? I had many men leave me because I'd be crying. I was afraid of dogs and I could not explain what it was. And I did hypnotherapy, Samantha, exactly for this. And it changed. Like people see me now, they're like, oh my gosh, you're actually okay with a dog in the room. I'm like, I know, but I've already forgot because I've worked on it for so long. They only remember me from 10 years ago until now. And I have forgotten the difference. I mean, I would run. I would ru- I would do anything in my power to get away from that dog because of the like terror. I am not sure what it was. I'm like, I didn't need to define it. There was just something undescribable. So tell us about your journey. Because even if it's not somebody with dogs that's listening or watching, maybe it's something else that's indescribable. Tell us about what happened with you for that. Yeah, this is, um, so mine, I've not been afraid of dogs my, my whole life. I have a great Dane now. And when he was, he's a rescue and when he was a puppy, I took him to the dog park and there was a dog, a big mastiff that I turned around. I don't know what happened, but he and my little baby puppy, who of course was a big puppy because Danes don't, they come out bigger than other dogs. Yeah, They got into this. They sounded so ugly. No one got hurt. No, they just, it sounded like that dog was going to kill my dog and my dog was going to try to kill that dog. And I had to physically grab my dog by the hind legs, which like, and pull him at me, like by his hips and pull him out. And they're, you know, and, and the owners are screaming at me and I'm like, and I don't know what happened. And like, in that moment, I was afraid of my dog. Like, I didn't know what happened. I didn't. And it was so frustrating because we're trying to get him trained and he had a lot of anxiety and a lot of 
um, from being a rescue. And, and I would get frustrated because we would go out and I would get fr- uh, um, anxious if I saw another dog or if I did something because I didn't want him to like have a reaction. And then he could feel my but like upsetness and we would like feed each other. And I would just get so angry because I'd be like, I can't make it stop. Mm-hmm. Like, and this is this loop. And so, um, I used tapping as well to help move some of the energy, but for the hypnosis, it was because like I said, assigning meaning and <sighs> breath work can be helpful too, because it, and I'll get into the hypnosis part, but for me, it was really eye opening when someone, because people will say you carry trauma in your body, right? Your body remembers. And I didn't, I knew that to be true, but I didn't understand, like physically understand how traumas carried in your body until I learned. And the answer is that the receptors, right? You have neurotransmitters in your brain, but you have neurotransmitters all over your body, like with all your cells. And they are transmitting neurologically to your brain. And so what happens is when you have a reaction, those neurotransmitters in your brain and your body are all talking about the same thing. And when you only do the mind work, those neurotransmitters can do something different, but then your body, that's how you can still get touched in a way that triggers your body to respond, which will then remind your mind what's going on. And that's where you can have this kind of like what's going on scenario because the trauma is trapped in your body through those neurotransmitters, which breath work tapping, like the body, mind, body connection is where that can be helped. But anyway, so with the dog, with that mind, body connection, I did some breath work and tapping for the body part. And then for the mind, it was about going back to that moment through my subconscious. So again, through the hypnosis of time and redefining the moment and allowing it to mean something else for my body and my safety and my existence so that I could let go and I could have it as just a memory instead of a defining moment. Mm. Wow. Uh, Different than mine, but also kind of similar to what I did. Yeah. I made it so solid of what dogs Mm -hmm. meant to me. And now after the hypnosis, I can choose. And there are some dogs where my body will tell me, I don't like that dog. But most of the dogs, I would say nine out of 10, I'm like, cool. I'm so very, I mean, I'm petting them. I would have never probably ever chosen that in the past, but there's only a few that I'm like, no, thank you. But other than that, I'm, it's choice now. It's not a story of every single dog is this way. Yeah. And that's so important to have the, the realization in the, in the, of what the other side is. Cause I find that too, is that Someone um, had a fear of flying, which hypnosis is really good for. And she did hypnosis with another hypnotherapist and she was talking to me about it. And she said, yeah, I'm about 80%. She goes, um, because I still get really anxious when there's turbulence. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of smiled to myself and I'm like, everybody gets anxious when there's turbulence. Like nobody wants to fall out of a plane. Like if the plane on heavy turbulence and you're like floating out of your seat, like nobody's like, this is great. I love this. And except the kids, it's really cute. So like, wait, but even if you're not, you know, terrified or to the point of whatever, it's not a comfortable feeling because your body is experiencing just like the, the feeling of turbulence. And so it was just, but I smiled because for her, 
100% would be like sipping a daiquiri while turbulence is happening. Like everything's fine. And, and it's like, that's not the other side of a phobia of flying. And so just like, right, when you look at some dogs and you're not a fan of them, that is because your body still knows things, just like you look at some people yes. and you're not a fan of them. Yes. That doesn't, you know, it's just like allowing for a realistic other side. I find that a lot of times when people are have phobias are like so far to one side, they feel like the other option is nothing. And it's not generally the case. Yes, Samantha. Now I have awareness and my body can let me know if I do not like that dog. Yes. You know, what's also interesting, I did hypnotherapy for flying as well, because I was one of those where I hated turbulence. I was in a flight that was so horrible that I didn't want to go back up in the air. Right. And where I chose the story in that session was, oh, it's just air. It's just wind. It's just wind. Are you afraid of wind, Joanna? No. And I kept going through like, what are you afraid of? And I came down to, oh, I just didn't want, I didn't want to die alone. And I, then I thought, wait, I'm not alone. There's people all around me. There's 250 people on this plane. I'm not alone. Oh, so what it came down to is when I do pass, when I do leave my body, I would like people that I know around me. That's all it had to do. It had nothing to do with the plane, nothing to do with turbulence. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. I'm really not afraid of dying. I just want the people around me that I love. That was it. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, then next time, Joanna, maybe you choose to fly with somebody that you love and know. I mean, but it did help. Now, there are moments, of course, when I don't like the turbulence, like you said, and I move through it and I'm like, oh, it's it's just wind. It's just wind. Okay, it's just wind. That's all it is. It's just bumps in the road. And I changed that story and it has helped. Like you said, it's like 80% now, still the 20%, but much better and able to go back into the air rather than not flying again. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, I totally feel when people get frustrated with, you know, it's a choice and and they get frustrated with these Mm -hmm. words of like, well, if I could choose different, I would. And ironically, that's also a story (laughs) that right there. But, and so it's that line of, I totally get it. I totally understand when people hear me or others speak about choosing something and they don't feel like they have a choice, but that, and see, and then, but that, even in that moment, that frustration, listen to the words you're using, Mm -hmm. because if you're like, no, I don't have a choice and you're frustrated because I'm telling you, you do, then ding, ding, ding. The answer is the program that is running is you don't have a choice. And you'll know that because once you realize that you can also look at where else it's playing in your life, because you bring you to everything. So if you don't have a choice is what is playing out for you. You can look at every area and where are you reacting as if you don't have a choice in everything. And it doesn't make it wrong. It just makes it the program that's running. And then you get to choose, is this a program that I would like to keep serving me? Or is it a program that I would like to shift? And that's where the choice comes from. It isn't making yourself wrong, shaming yourself, guilting yourself, deciding that well, then I can't be happy or right or whatever. It's that isn't where the choice comes in. The choice comes into, oh, I see I'm cold. I can either be cold or I can put on a jacket. It doesn't define me whether I have a jacket or not. It's just, it's just a choice. We always have choice. The ugly C word choice. (laughs) 
I like to say that people go, the C word, what is that? Choice. Oh, yeah. Always have choice. And even though we think that we have an A and B choice, there's always infinite choice. Infinite choice. And I'm just going to say something like really funny, but to kind of give just kind of some tactics to it. So let's say I'm in the air, in that airplane. And I say, well, I don't have a choice. I'm in the air, so I have to deal with it. Well, I have a bazillion choices. I can open up the emergency thing and I could fly out. I mean, I could, I could, gosh, I could do, I could punch the person next to me. You get what I'm saying? I'm saying funny things, but there's so many choices that we have, but we think the only choice is either stay in my seat or freak out and that's it. So choose one or the other. And we live in this dual world where it's A and B. And what if it's infinite? What if we have infinite, infinite choice? And going back to what we were saying earlier, Samantha, about that, you know, we know. How do we do, how do we bridge the woo and the do? It's like, I know, I know that I always have choice and it's infinite. It's always changing. It's infinite. Right now I can hang up on this Zoom call or I could change the light. I mean, I could do a bazillion different things and knowing, you know what? I choose to sit here and I'm going to talk to Samantha, you know? So I just got to do those funny things. Like, oh yes, it's infinite, infinite, infinite. I do that with them. I like to bring awareness to people that I feel like are kind or something. And and this happens to me. It's so interesting because somebody will say something, you know, and I'll say, Hey, I really appreciate the way that you held the door for me or something. And they're like, and I've had multiple people say, well, what else would I do? And I, or well, you know, like it, that's just because I'm not a bad person and which of course is their belief. If you listen, uh-huh. they're telling me what the belief is, but I'm like, you always have a choice. Just like, you know, just like what you said, you, you could not. And that's the option As they said, what else could I do? I said, well, you could not. And you chose to be kind in this moment. You chose to do these things and you chose that because it supports a belief of yours, which I'm glad that that belief gives what I perceive to be kindness. But either way, it's still a choice, whether you're consciously or subconsciously making it. Just like you're saying, we have over 2 million bits of information of sensory coming in from all of our senses at once at any given time. That is then shifted and sorted and your body and brain will delegate, uh, distort or delete. Sorry, it'll generalize, distort or delete all of that information. And then from that, it will get broken into like 129 bits. And then that will be broken into seven plus or minus two. So between five and nine bits that you can consciously focus on at one point Mm. at any time. And so that distort, uh, generalize or delete those things your brain is going to do is going to be based off of the patterns and the subconscious things that you have filters in your body. And so that's why you can be in a restaurant and it's, it's, there's a lot of noise happening. And all of a sudden you hear your name from two tables over and immediately you turn. How could you hear your name if you weren't able to hear every word of that conversation the whole time? But because your name is the only piece that your body has a filter and a file and a program for that's important to me, it deleted it from coming into your conscious space because it doesn't need any of those words. They're not important to it. So that's just a delete example. A generalize would be when you're driving down the road, there are cars. You don't see every make and model of every car that drives by but yet if you focused, you could, 
but it's just cars or streetlights. Like you don't see every individual streetlight as an individual streetlight. Like they just happen. Your body is generalizing. When you walk by, you see, you don't see every blade of grass. It's just grass. There's just leaves on the trees. And so that's generalizing. And then the distortion comes in when we assign meaning. So, right, if I say you want to go get pizza, if I say it to you when you're hungry, the answer might be different than if I say it to you at 2 a.m., then if it's different than if I say it to you, you know, and so it'll distort based on a bunch of factors, the meaning that's coming in with it. So because that is how we perceive everything, that is the other reason why doing these kinds of modalities can change everything without changing anything is because out of all those 2 million bits of information, there's things that are going to serve the path that you're wanting to be on and things that are not. And you just got to tune in to the ones that are by switching the programs within so that you aren't deleting things that are happening. So Matthew, what'd you say? It's changing everything without changing anything. Is that what you said? Oh my God. I love that. That's a (laughs) t-shirt. That might be the title of the show. I love that. Yeah. Samantha, this has been great. If anybody's listening and would love to work with you, they're, they're like, oh my gosh, this sounds really cool. How do they get a hold of you and how can they work with you? Yeah. So um, Instagram is probably the, the best place, which is at it's ITS underscore Samantha Bell with an extra E like the princess, B-E-L-L-E. And um, I actually only work in a one-on-one capacity. So I do um besides speaking and guest healing on retreats where if that's something you want to talk about we can definitely do um i read tarot and do intuitive readings with people depending on how comfortable they are in our coaching but then for me personally i do one-on-ones and i have various kind of packages but overall because these things can happen so quickly as you know uh i like to work longer term with people to really be able to lean into who they are as a person so that we can build and we go from, okay, cool. What I came in for was more clients or more confidence or more, I want to bash imposter syndrome or whatever it is. That's all great. But then once we do that and we reprogram, all of a sudden that 2 million bits of information is coming in and you're perceiving it differently. And then it turns into, well, how do I, (laughs) how do I even do this? Like, what do I, what do I do? Like now that that isn't, I'm not locked in this victim box or whatever that box was, like, I don't even know how to function free and able to fly without fear and like to see a dog. Like I don't, my body doesn't know what to do if not freak out. And so that's where uh, I like to work with people to do the quick work of the reprogramming and then really sit in the space of beautiful, like let's fly, let's carve a path and like function from this new place, which is where the woo and the do get bridged. So we do the woo and then we bridge into let's, let's do now. Yes. Gosh, I've never thought of it that way because how many of us have done that? We've done the work, we shift and then we go back. Yeah. Thank you, Samantha, so much for being here. Samantha Bell, like the princess, the extra E, love it. Everybody follow Samantha on Instagram and it's, it's Samantha Bell, right? That's me, yeah. It's Samantha Bell, I love that. And follow her on Instagram, send her a DM, let her know what your takeaway was from today's show. I know Samantha would love to hear from you. Thank you for listening here to the Get Up Girl podcast, where we do everything in our power to show you that you know, you know what's up. 
Love you all and have a great day. Thanks, Samantha. We'll see you next time, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode and know of another girl who can benefit from this message, please share it with your girlfriends and tag me on Instagram at Joanna Vargas Official. I love your DMs. Also, I would be honored if you'd take 30 seconds and give the Get Up Girl a five-star review. I appreciate and love you all. And remember, girl, to get up and live fully.